Listen Up is a Widex original podcast. The ringing. You cover your ears with your hands. But it won't go away. It doesn't help. The ringing is inside you. It's generated in your brain. It's not a real sound. It's a phantom sound. What I talk about is a medical disorder. It's not a disease, but a symptom that can result from a number of underlying causes. I haven't said the name, but it's incredibly common, so you probably guessed it already. It derives from the Latin word tinere, which means to ring. And yes, it is tinnitus or tinnitus. Uh, Tinnitus, I think, would be my choice, although, um, you know, I work a lot with Americans and they say tinnitus, so I'm quite happy either way. It just sounds more like a disease, doesn't it? Tinnitus, it sounds like something horrible, whereas tinnitus just doesn't sound quite as as bad, which I think is a significant thing because, you know, we know that tinnitus affects people in a a negative way in terms of how how they actually feel about it. We're kicking off this podcast series by Widex with a three-part mini-series dedicated to the complex nature of tinnitus. We will take apart tinnitus and piece by piece tell the story of what that ringing is in the brain. I talked to a lot of audiologists, professors, and other smart people working within this research field You will hear what they have to say in the next couple of episodes, but one thing they all encountered in their professional work is people ask them, is there a cure for tinnitus? Well, we will see, or listen. Let's open this first episode that we named The Vicious Circle with this story. Well, um... I was a musician from a very early age, so I learned playing piano when I was three to four years old. My father was a musician, and uh, he actually worked in the hospital. He was an engineer. I must have been in my early 20s, so we were back in the 1980s, I guess, and that was following a a concert attending at the Newcastle City Hall, um, a band called Status Quo, who were very, very loud. I was in the front row at that time, the loudspeakers you could walk into. So I was literally standing with my head inside one of these loudspeakers for two and a half hours. Came out afterwards, literally, not just did I have ringing in my ears, I, I couldn't hear. And you know, I, it was like, everything was like, <laughs> and I thought, that's not good. <laughs> so, Obviously, I had reasonable knowledge of how it all worked, and I thought, well, that was a stupid thing to do. Woke up the next morning, my hearing was back. I didn't have any problems hearing, but I had that high-pitched whistle just there. And I thought, ah, now look what I've done. Um, I thought, well, I'll give it a bit of time. like I said, during the day, there were so many other things going on, I just didn't think about it. The first I realised it was still there, was going to bed at night time. Quiet room. No other sound. And I thought, ah, this is not good, it's still there. 
Anyway, to be fair, I did actually realise that over a period of maybe two or three days, it, it basically it disappeared. Transient tinnitus is when the ringing comes and goes. That is different to someone having long-term tinnitus where it's always there. To understand transient tinnitus, we have to travel deep into the brain. Sometimes the brain is really adaptive. The brain has set out a plan of how to deal with these kinds of situations. In this case, loud music. So if you have loud noise exposure, you kill some of your hair cells in the inner ear, and they can't be replaced. They don't grow back. The brain cells in the auditory cortex also lose the signal from the ear if some of these hair cells die. And therefore, you won't hear part of the sound. In technical terms, you lose some frequencies of a sound. So what the brain does, it kind of fills in that gap. Nature doesn't like gaps. You can say that the brain figures out which frequencies are missing and then asks the neighboring cells on each side of the gap to fill in the information. These neighboring cells respond to neighboring frequencies, so the gap is filled with, yes, higher and lower frequencies. The side effect of this gap-filling trick is the frequency which fills the gap is now overrepresented, and that gives you the tinnitus noise. It's complex, so let's take a look at another example. We have a blind spot in our retina where there are no photoreceptors. In that spot, there's a tiny hole where the blood vessels and the optic nerve go in and out. Since there are no photoreceptors, we do not see in that spot. But we don't notice the hole either. Because nature doesn't like gaps, it fills in that hole. The mechanism the brain is using there is called lesion-induced plasticity. You can call this procedure an adaptive mechanism, but it has an unintended side effect, this hyperactivity, the ringing. Normally, the brain is even more clever. It realizes there's this internal noise being generated, so it puts its executive sentencing in play. And indeed, it suppresses that noise. So most people actually, even after extensive loud noise exposure, don't get tinnitus. You might have hearing loss, but you don't end up with tinnitus. You go to a loud, noisy concert, and you have tinnitus maybe the next day. But it goes away after a few days, so many people have just temporary or transient tinnitus, which gets repaired by the brain. So the brain does have a plan for loud noise and music. But for those unlucky people where those mechanisms don't work, the other ones, they are becoming the chronic tinnitus patients. So, staying away from loud music is the cure? Of course, being a construction worker and not wearing ear protection is a bad idea. But listen to this. The most soft and gentle music you could ever imagine.
Magnus Obel, famous award-winning Danish singer and songwriter. During a tour, she got a little too close to a speaker. In an interview with the fashion magazine In, she said this. I was so unhappy. I thought my career ended before it almost started. Nobody could promise that tinnitus would disappear. And I was constantly afraid of loud noises. Maybe it was psychologically enhanced. The tinnitus canceled her sold-out tour and forced her to focus on her well-being and quietness. Half a year later, she was back on stage. If someone had taken a brain MRI scan of Agnes Obel's tinnitus ringing head, you could visualize the auditory cortex and see a nice activation in this area of the brain. The activation is doubled or even tripled. It's a very significant increase compared to healthy controls. But this is not the whole story. Tinnitus is not just an auditory disorder. It is more than that. This has to do with the higher brain functions in the frontal cortex and the limbic system. And if you think about it, there's good reason to assume that it's more than an auditory disorder, because not everyone ends up getting tinnitus. Even if you have a hearing loss and have suffered from loud noise exposure many times, a lot of people only have transient tinnitus. The Sound of Stress There's something I didn't tell you. Okay, well, my name is uh, Gary Holland. The name of the storyteller in the beginning of the episode. Even though I'm called Holland, I'm from England. Yeah, so um, I'm an audiologist and have been for 45 years this year. Besides going to status quo concerts in the early 80s, Gary Holland is an audiologist. And then by the time I came to be leaving school, I found out that there was a, a, an area of work in the hospital called audiology, which included audio. And uh, I thought it was something I needed to find out more about because obviously with the, with the music side, um, I was really interested in that. So I sort of, all my friends at the time were being builders and you know things like this, and I just thought, I'm gonna give this a go. So my first job role was supernumerary physiological measurement technician, which just sounded great. And I thought, they're all apprentice builders, and I'm a supernumerary physiological measurement technician. However, um, it wasn't as glamorous as it sounded. It basically meant I was the dog's body who just worked in all the different departments. Today, he travels the world and trains hearing professionals in the management of tinnitus. People experience tinnitus if it's a short-term um, event then they really tend to get over it very quickly. It comes, sometimes it's only a matter of seconds, go, oh, that's really annoying, goes away again, don't think of it. However, as soon as it becomes continuous, or, 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 or pretty much continuous, then everything gets a bit more complex because you, as soon as you start thinking about it, the worse it becomes, the worse it becomes, the more you think about it, and you end up in this very, very difficult loop, which is a very, very similar to the effect that people have with stress. It's uh, basically you're in a, in a chronic stress situation where you basically can't, can't get out of that. And what people do when they try and help you manage tinnitus is to break that, that loop.
And if you're in acute stress, which is a short term thing, suppose you're driving down the street and the police car comes behind you with all its lights flashing and you go, oh, I'm being chased or I'm, I, you know, and then it goes past you. So you've gone through that point where you've been in your fight or flight mode where you've gone, oh, they're going to stop me. I'm going to get a ticket. And then the drive past and you go, oh, it wasn't me this time. And, you know, that relief that you get actually means that your body, having gone through the acute stress for a short period of time, does do it good. It's a bit like having exercise. It's just, you, you, you know, you're getting the heart rate up um, without having to do the exercise. However, imagine being stuck in that situation 24-7. And that's not good. And when you're in that sort of chronic stress situation, uh, you can get some real genuine physiological and psychological effects on your body, uh, which are, are detrimental and really, um, you know, th that's when you need to, to get help and support from a, from a professional. It's obvious that chronic or even transient tinnitus can induce stress. But on the other hand, can stress induce tinnitus? The idea of stress-induced tinnitus is not solid stone science. And yeah, well, one could say that research done in tinnitus is a very gray area. Nobody's really 100% sure exactly what's going on. But in gray areas, usually, you can also have an interesting debate and discussion. So I'll give you the idea behind stress-induced tinnitus. If you went into a soundproof room and cut off all environmental inputs, you would hear an internal noise in your head, a ringing of sorts. We all have that internal sound. The brain is an electric system. It converts mechanical energy into electrical energy. That involves a lot of energy from the nerve activity, and this gives off a certain sound itself. Normally, that internal noise is masked by environmental sounds. So let's step out of the soundproof room. Now, in most cases, what normally happens is that we have some damage to the inner ear, which causes a hearing loss. Now, this could be a very mild hearing loss, but it would prevent you from hearing some of those environmental sounds around you, even the most subtle ones. And when you can't hear the environmental sounds around you, it's as if you've stepped into that soundproof room. So the internal noise generated by the brain becomes noticeable in the environmental sounds. Now, I'm painting a very general picture here because you probably know that there are multiple theories at play. So, if your ear is damaged and you have a hearing loss, however small, the likelihood of you being able to hear this internal sound increases. Now, a lot of people will hear this sound, or a sound, but won't think anything of it because it's very quiet and it's just, well, a lot of people just accept it. But, if you're having other stress in your life, Let's say you've just lost your job, for example, and you're lying in bed awake, worried about how you're going to pay the rent. And lying in bed awake, you notice the ringing sound. You start to focus on it, and you start to believe it is the reason that you're staying awake. So lying in your bed with the adrenaline flowing in your body because you're stressed, the stress starts to get associated with that sound you're hearing. So what will happen later is when you hear the sound, you start to focus on it again, and it will cause you stress or, or vice versa. Stress will aggravate both the brain focus on the sound and because your brain is able to focus on it, it will amplify that sound in your head. All of a sudden, this internal sound gets louder and louder to the point where you hear it all the time, unless you're very distracted. 
It's a negative feedback association between the sound and stress. It's the vicious circle. In the next episode of our three-part miniseries on the complex nature of tinnitus, we go deeper into the brain and explore how the vicious circle can be broken. Is there a cure? We will see. Hey, thanks for listening to the first episode of this three-part miniseries dedicated to the complex nature of tinnitus. We will take apart tinnitus and piece by piece tell the story of what that ringing is in the brain. Listen up. This is a Widex original podcast produced by Hear Hear Podcast Studio, edited and scripted by Anders Gulberg, sound score by Matthias Luna. The Agnes Obel quote was read by Anna Urum. The speak, John Churchill, that's me. And thanks to Gary Holland and all the smart people who made this podcast possible. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and be kind to leave a review in Apple Podcast. And of course... Enjoy the world and all its amazing sounds surrounding you. Listen up, a Widex original podcast.